Thanks. Okay. So grab a seat and, um, you know, there'll be people here that perhaps know you, maybe some that don't know you. So why don't you just give us a wee bit of background to, to you, maybe a bit of your family story, study, that sort of stuff. Yep. Hi, I'm Penny. Um, I am the oldest and youngest daughter, uh, the only daughter of uh, Paul and Sue. And therefore um, the favourite daughter? Yes, the best daughter okay. <laughs> of um, Paul and sorry, Sue. Sorry, I meant to say that before you tell us about the rest of your family history, that button there That's is the, the push button. Woohoo, cool. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, uh, hmm, what about me? I studied linguistics at Otago University. I'm a massive language nerd. I'm a massive nerd, generally speaking. So, um, so what type of nerd? Like Star Wars nerd, Star Trek film, nerd? Film, size five, fantasy, just anything. Mainly yeah. language, though, like weird noises I really enjoy. Um, so, yeah. it's, a, so it's, a, it's a whole if, thing. If the camera <laughs> rung you up... You yeah, wouldn't, you wouldn't. I would just. Go down to I would completely. You'd do it in some sort of linguistic. Yeah, way. I'd probably just answer in a different language um, and see how far we could get with that. Okay. <laughs> exactly, that'd be really fun, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you kind of want to Um So you mentioned studying at uni. Yep. 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 Studying and linguistics. That was a few years ago, and after that, you yep. um, went to Russia. Yeah. Um, also. Backing up a little bit. So, um, yeah, I got saved when I was seven, I think. Um, really started to take my faith seriously when I was 16. Um, came to uni, uh, bombed horrifically. Uh, the first two years of my uni life were me walking away from the Lord. Um, he graciously and lovingly restored me. Um, come and ask me more about that later. Don't have a little time to get all into it. Um, but then you come out of uni with a degree in linguistics and a passion for God language plus God usually equals Bible translation. Um, so yeah, I started looking into Bible translation. That was a, um, an option, looking at Wycliffe Bible translators. Um, they require that you go to Bible college. I went to Bible college. And um, day one, class one, it was just like, here's, here's the thing, basically. Um, I went to Russia because I really, I love it basically. And there's no reason for me to love it. Like Craig was just talking about um, callers and our caller is not just our caller, he is our creator. And so the call that he puts on our life um, is very much tied into who he made you to be. Um, so, so many people have said, why Russia? I'm like, I don't know why I like Russia, it just, I do. <laughs> it's the way God made me. Um, so yeah, I went to Russia for a year. Um, the plan was to be there for a number of years, um, to learn the language and to go and to serve with a particular people group. I'm not sure if this is, haha, there we go. Ta-da! The Nyanets. Um, these are nomadic reindeer herding people. They follow the reindeer around the tundra uh, in the north of Russia, where it is like minus 40 on a regular basis. Um, I watched a documentary about these people when I was in my mid-teens. And as God created me to be very weird, um, I looked at that and went, cool. I want to do that. Yeah, like so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Just I was so fascinated by them. I looked them up on Joshua Project. Um, they had about uh, like portions of the New Testament in their in their language, not much of the Bible. Started praying for them in the way that a mid teenage person does, you know, kind of on and off. Oh yeah, then yeah, Lord, please help them. Um, but then yeah, I got to Bible college, day one, class one, and the preacher says, you know, you could be a missionary anywhere. You could be here in New Zealand or you could be in Russia with the Nyanets people. <laughs> okay, uh, we need to talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I started learning about them. This is kind of where they live. 
uh, in chums, uh, which are basically reindeer skin teepees. Reindeer skin, if you don't know, is like the most amazing thermal material on the planet. We've tried to better it um, with our amazing scientific knowledge, and we can't. Reindeer skin is the bomb when it comes to keeping you warm. Which is um, good for the reindeer. Yes, fantastic for the reindeer, fantastic for the people who live in and around them, basically. So a lot of the like the suit that you saw this woman wearing, um, and on right, the other the one, skin. yeah, it's double-layered reindeer skin, so the fur is on the outside and on the inside kind of thing, and that's like the hardcore stuff. So yeah, they look like this on the inside, um, and there's this real blend of tradition of like following around the reindeer around the tundra, but also using all of our fun modern technology of um, the old burans, the um, ski Snowmobile. thingies, snowmobiles, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was just like, yeah, I wanna go and be with them, I wanna work with them. Um, but step one is to become fluent in Russian because they're quite remote, and so if you want to get a job, if you wanna be there, able to be there legally, you need to be fluent in Russian. So step one was to move to St. Petersburg. Um, Actually, that's a different kind of element of the story. Um, so these are the Markies. David Markey was working there already. This is kind of like the connection that I had to him. Um, last week, actually, uh, we were talking about call, or we were talking about Paul, mm -hmm. and he has this epic call, right? Like he just gets blinded and flashing light, and God shows up, and it's just like you, you're going to do my job, my work. I didn't have that. I had an interest in Russia followed by a series of ridiculously coincidental opportunities. Um, and so that pastor who mentioned the Nunez, this was his old intern, uh, David, and so he was like, yeah, he's just gone to work with the Nunez. I should give you his email. So I got his email, and he never replied to me because he's David. Um, but who should come the next semester to do a women's conference? But Pam Markey, his mom, who has been to visit him in Russia. So she came and I was basically told, you need to take her to lunch, go. Take her to lunch, um, talk about Russia. So we did and she described the kind of person that David needed on his team and she basically described me. Um, and so I was like, oh, interesting. Somebody who can do worship, somebody who loves to study the word or, and teach the word, all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I was able to go and visit with them, praying the whole time. Lord, if this is not it, make it really obvious. I don't want to move to Siberia if you are not with me. Um, but it was very, very obvious when I did move, just through very um, ordinary means of just, I loved the people there. The opportunities were wide open. The doors were open. Um, and so, yeah, I moved to Russia, to, just for a bit of context. Um, not super easy to see, but... That one right up the middle is Salakard. That's where all the Nunez people were basically forced to stop being nomadic by the USSR back in the day. Um, so it's now kind of their main center, their town. So they still are nomadic nowadays. They're trying to reclaim their nomadic way of life, but that's where most of them hang out. It looks like that. It's like right at the top of the Ural Mountains. So there are mountains in the distance, but generally it's flat, it's ice. Um, but I had to go to St. Petersburg to learn Russian. So that's where I went first. I was an English teacher. I met lots of really cool people. Anya, she is half Nunez, uh, half Slav. And I just randomly met her in St. Petersburg. And it was one of those like, okay. <laughs> Again, another one of these coincidences. She um, is also a Christian. She is also a missions worker. And she would love to go back there and to serve the people there. So she's somebody that I'm kind of keeping in touch with. Um, but yeah, that's that's... 
that's, pretty much. That's, that's the the that's Russia, Russia journey. Russia in a nutshell, right? Yeah. So I was I was there for I was supposed to be there for a couple of years and then moved to Salahard. Um, but I got about ten months into my first stint in Saint Petersburg and the big C COVID hit, and I happened to be in between moving from one teaching English at one school to teaching English at another school, so my visa was in question. So it was basically a you need to get out and you need to get out now if you ever want to come back because if you overstay your visa, pandemic schmandemic, they don't care. It'll be like you did it on purpose and you'll be deported and blacklisted and all this kind of stuff. So get out now. So I came home three days before level four lockdown um, with a, a lot of confusion. Just <laughs> what you doing, Lord? Like it took me how long, how many years to get to Russia? And now I'm just ripped off after not even a year. Uh, what it am seemed I? like everything had kind of lined up pointing to that direction yeah, and then just it was, the rug get pulled out from under Yep, me. doors were wide open and then yep. slammed in my face and yep. it was like, uh, okay. But um, thankfully, um, yeah, I'm a very firm believer in the fact that wherever the Lord has you, you can be serving him. Um, it does not matter if you are where you think you should be, where you are, that's where he has you now. There are people all around you um, who need to hear about the love of God. Um, so I signed up with TSCF, um, Tertiary Student Christian Fellowship, um, because, one of, again, one of those like random coincidences, my best friend just so happened to marry the head of TSCF in Dunedin. Um, so when I came, I was like hanging out with them with lunch, going, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and they were like, <clears throat> we exist. Please come and work with us. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the last three years. I've been in Dunedin for a year and a half and in Lincoln for a year and a half, working with university students um, in residential communities. So I live in with the students um, and do discipleship, Bible studies, pray for them at two in the morning when they're having panic attacks, whatever it is, whatever's needed, basically, um, I'm the person. So, um, and that has been really, really fun. Definitely not my calling, though. <laughs> not, I'm not uh, amazing uh, at residential community, I think, but it's definitely something that I have learned a lot through, um, and God is very much So sometimes those are quite helpful, too, to learn what you're not... What's not the thing, for. yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that sort of season has closed, or pretty much closed, um, just at the end of the semester, mid-year, mm. but you've got some changes in the pipeline that are um, pretty exciting, and with this group here called Pioneers New Zealand, so yeah. they're an international missions organisation. Yep. Um, in fact, some of you might remember back in November we hosted um, a guy called Chris Ayers, who was, uh, he's the head of um, Pioneers in New Zealand, and so how did this kind of connection come about, and, and what sort of are you thinking? Yeah, so well, I was... I was constantly being like, Lord, I really, really want to go back to Russia um, the whole time. I've just been praying for opportunities. Um, and I started looking for a mission-sending organization. Actually, I think it was February 2022. No, January 2022. Russia opens its borders. I was like, oh, fantastic. I'm going to apply for a visa. I'm going to go back. And then February 2022, they invade Ukraine. Really, really, Lord. Um, so I was looking for a missions organization. And I think I actually looked at their website and kind of dismissed them um, because a lot of a lot of missions organizations kind of have this idea of here's the package, like people who have no idea what they want to do and so it's just like here's the thing that you could do. That doesn't really fit with me because I kind of know what I want to do. Um, and then Laurie actually, um, who's a friend of Chris's, kind of had caught up with him and so he just messaged me Chris's details and was like, you should just give this guy a call. You just see kind of thing and so I did and it was actually we had sat down had a cup of coffee and it was fantastic just meeting with people who you know they get it they've done this a million times before um, but they also are not in that kind of groove of this is the way it works 
God is God. He is not kept into a box. Um, you have a call on your life. How can we help you to, do, to achieve that rather than how can you fit in with what we're trying to achieve? Um, which I was really, really encouraged by just the, the wisdom that they have around really, really difficult um, places and subjects, um, but also the openness to the leading of the Spirit. So that's really cool. Okay, so you partnered up with them, yep, and you are looking to head to a place. Yes, an undisclosed location. Um, yeah, so I would love to go back to Russia. It is at war currently. I can't get back there. So the next best thing, basically, was determined to be Central Asia. So um, this is... Ta-da. Uh, that's the Central Asian flag. So there's like a group of countries that all kind of come together and are under this one particular banner. There's Asia. Um, <laughs> it is interesting. We have a, a East Asia. We have a Central Asia. We don't have a West Asia. But uh, Central Asia is basically everything more or less between the Caspian Sea, which is that blue bit there, and China. So all of those ones in there. A lot of the stans, um, right? Yes, basically. It's yep. all the all the stani ones. Um, yeah, so lots and lots of Russians fleeing there because of the war, um, mainly Russian-speaking. Um, and so it was, and Pioneers has a team there already. And so it was like, all right, all of this is kind of lining up to be, actually this might be a really, really good um, place for training, basically. So not just, let's just put you somewhere else while you wait for Russia. Let's put you somewhere where you can actually learn, where you can um, grow and develop and have the skills that you need for Russia. So, so tell us um, as much as you can about yep. where you're sort of looking to head. Cool. So... Um, as much as I can, I'm going to a country <laughs> in that group. Uh, there are a lot of people there. Um, Two percent of Asia's total population, but that's still 90 million, um, which is scary. Um, essentially, it is. It's very similar to the north of Russia, where I wanted to go with the Ninets, in the sense that it's nomadic peoples who were forced to stop being nomadic under the USSR. And so you've got this really interesting duality of actually quite modern cities and also incredibly traditional nomadic life, as people have decided whether or not they want to stay in the city, whether they want to try and reclaim their culture, their language. Um, and so you've got this really interesting divide going on. Um, yeah, it is 87% Muslim. It is nominally Muslim. So this country is Muslim in the same way that Ireland is Catholic kind of thing. Like, not everybody you meet is actually going to believe all of these things. It's weddings and funerals look very, very Muslim. Um, everything else, they may or may not eat pork. They may or may not drink. Um, generally speaking, so it says 7% Christian. That does include Orthodox, um, which we don't actually consider to be... Um, it's not evangelical. It's very much similar to some other forms where um, it is Christian, but it is a works-based salvation, um, and so not really fully understanding the gospel. Um, but yeah, your identity there is very much tied to your religion. So these people would really struggle to know what it would mean to come from this country and to not be Muslim. Um, so navigating that, how do I, as somebody from this country, become a, become a Christian? Like what... How do I do that without losing my culture, without losing everything about me? Mm. Um, so that's a big issue there. Um, really, really diverse ethnic groups in uh, this area with all kinds of really funky hats. I really want to wear one of them. Um, here are just some of the uh, ethnic groups there. 
The Italians confuse me, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> what are they doing there? I don't know. Are they on their way home? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm really looking forward to finding out. Um, but large, large populations of all of these. Um, and uh, I'll be mainly w focusing on and, and learning and working with the Russians. Um, but Russian is the lingua franca, so that means the language that everybody speaks, more or less. Um, so be able to speak to all these people through that. Um, but yeah, we've got kind of this, again, this really interesting blend of really traditional and really modern. They're still hunting with eagles, but they're on dirt bikes. Or they are, you know, they're living in, uh, these are called gears or yurts. Um, so they're like felted tents um, that they can take with them as they go. They have really good Wi-Fi. Like really, really good Wi-Fi. <laughs> I mean, they'll be important when you're it's, miles away. Yeah. I mean, they lived for, you know, however many thousand years without it, and now they can't live without it. So it's just like, it's a bit of a contradiction. But that's not where I'll be living. I don't want to give you the impression that I'm going to get myself a gear and start following uh, the goats around or whatever it is that they follow in. Uh, I think it's actually, um, it's horses mainly. So horse meat is a big thing. But yeah, I will be living in one of these, an ex-Soviet uh, apartment block, basically. And so this is more or less what life looks like. You're in these five to six story um, apartment blocks out in the outskirts. They're starting to like really, really skyscraper them. Um, but this is what one will look like inside. And so off that door, off the right, there'll be a small kitchen like a teeny tiny kitchen and a teeny tiny little bathroom with a uh, washing machine in it. That's the apartment. And in Russia, particularly, um, you will get a, fam a three generational family of six living in there. Is there a bedroom? And no, that, that's the bedroom. Oh, that's the bedroom. That's the room. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, couch will kind of fold out oh, and wow. they will have stashed in the back room. They'll have mattresses and everything. So when it's time to sleep, they just bring it all out and they sleep and they're all in together kind of thing. Um, so for me, um, that's actually really, really cozy. Like, like, so much space. I'm just the one person. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's likely to be in that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. So when your mum and dad come to visit, you just roll out the mattresses. Yeah, roll. <laughs> well, we will see. We'll see how it goes because it like there's there's also variation with them that that they have more modern ones, um, yeah, sure. but that's your traditional kind of thing. So that's kind of potentially you know some accommodation sorted. But what actually will you be doing? Yeah. Um, so because it's not illegal to be a Christian in this place, but it is illegal to share your faith. Um, so going in as missionary, not really a thing. Um, so I'm going in as a university student studying Russian at the university. So that's the official tick, that's fine. Um, and that will dual, dual purpose, that gets me into the country and it also ups my language. So currently I'm conversational in Russian. It would be fantastic if I was fluent and could just share the gospel freely. Um, so yeah, that's the main official reason mm -hmm. for me going but I'll also be working with a pioneers team while I'm there and they have a course that basically trains you in um, uh, church planting amongst unreached people groups working within teams but also um, training you up in the habits that are required for long-term service there are a lot of people who go with the best of intentions and they burn out after two or three years that's what we want to avoid at all costs we want to be able to be there for 15 20 however long the Lord would have us there um, so that yeah it's not our own, our own issues bringing us off the field, but it's God's call. So, so you're going to get there, and there's obviously going to be some, you know, 
university study language stuff, but also some you know Christian work under the radar. Have you had some training, some preparation with your partnership with Pioneers? How have they helped you in this, even before you've got to do that stuff over there? Yeah, absolutely. We've had a number of um, training events that I've been going to around the country because... Um, I'm the single one that they can just send wherever, whereas the family's harder to send. Um, so I went over to Oz, actually, to do some security training, um, which is just your basic kind of, here's the things not to say. Um, here are some, um, they did put us through some simulations in terms of like carjackings and various other things of just like stress inoculation, just making sure that you basically know how you react to things so that, and you know what to do in those situations. Not in a, like, here's how to become a commando and fix everything. Um, but here's how to have grace for yourself and others. Because it is scary, and there are things that can happen, and um, here's how to process and work through it well so that you don't end up getting horrific trauma. Right. Um, so that's so yeah, helpful. They've, yeah, they've been really, really great in terms of, um, especially in terms of the security side of things. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, a lot of being a missionary is really just go and live as you would anywhere else as a Christian. Um, the habits that you have now are the habits that you'll have on the field. Um, so. so given your you know, past background and history, um, and getting to this point where you're on the cusp of, of heading overseas again, how have you seen God's hand at work in this whole process? Has there been you know, some coincidences or some scriptures, oh, yeah. some advice, you know, people? Yeah, um, I think especially when I got ripped off the fields uh, from Russia, it was very much a like, do, am I even called? Was that was I wrong? Was I just completely wrong? Is it a no? Was that the Lord just being like, no, you got it all wrong. Now just sit down and, and live your life here. Um, but when Russia invaded Ukraine, um, I went to Bible college in Hungary. And so I have a lot of Ukrainian friends and I have a lot of connections in Hungary. And I was able to go and serve there um, to just help out with the, with the refugees because I speak Russian and that was a real issue that they had. Not a lot of Hungarians speak Russian, not a lot of Ukrainians speak Hungarian. Um, and so um, that was the, like, again, going, praying, like, Lord, I'm going, I'm going to go serve you, I'm going to go serve these people, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to, <laughs> almost. Um, you know, like, is this, um, was that a no? Was it a not yet? And the Lord just being really, really gracious to me and, and showing me through that, this is what you do. Cross-cultural ministry is what I have called you to do, is what I've gifted you in. It was a not yet, not a no. And it was so encouraging to have that. Um, but yeah, we've seen coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. I can share one uh, real quick one. Um, I have to go... Uh, Essentially, I've been greenlit to buy my tickets, which will be happening very, very soon. Um, and I was looking at options, and I love going through Singapore, but that wasn't really a great option. So I was just kind of like, eh, no, I'll look for a different route. Um, and then the next day, my gran just so happens to come around for lunch, and she just so happens to bring um, some old friends of her, so a guy who boarded with her on an exchange when he was in high school. And they've kept in touch. And he is from Singapore. He is a pilot for Singapore Airlines, and so they live quite next to the airport, and we had a lovely lunch together, got to know one another, and at the end of it, um, he was saying, oh, you know, if you're ever in Singapore, let me know. And I was like, that's lovely, but I'm not going through Singapore. Thank you very much, but, you know, I'll keep your details in the back pocket. And then the next day, or a few days later, I find out the nearest embassy of this country to New Zealand is in Singapore, and I have to go through there to pick up my visa. <laughs> And it might take a week um, for that visa to come through. And so my initial, like, how am I going to spend a week in Singapore? I was like, oh, yeah. The Lord actually dealt with that before I even knew it was an issue. <laughs> I 
have this option. So these people have very graciously said, yeah, absolutely, come over, we'll take care of you uh, while you get your visa. So it's those kinds of little things that could have been these massive stress things of like, how am I going to solve this issue? Ah, and it's like, God's already taken care of it. It's absolutely fine. So um, even just me getting all the support that I have, um, I think I'm 97% um, funded at this point, 97% pledged. Um, and that's amazing um, in the space of six months to go from almost nothing to you have everything that you need. Um, and and while honestly not putting that much effort into it because I was busy with TSCF stuff, I, was, I had a different job that I was doing and was trying to be a good steward there. Um, so I didn't have a lot of time to put into going around and telling people what I was doing, but um, the Lord provided anyway. So yeah. Cool. Has there been any scriptures that have leapt out and just kind of been really kind of guiding for you? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there's the entire Bible, really. Like, the, the nature of who God is, that he is a God who loves people. He is a God who, as soon as, basically the second that we went wrong in, in the garden, was there promising to fix it. Basically, the plan was already in place, um, that he is somebody who cares about the entire world. Um, but the one that I really cling to is uh, 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 4, verse 2. Very, very short, simple verse. It is required of a steward that one be found faithful. Not popular, not, um, you know, not uh, very productive, not amazing, not successful. Faithful. What have I given you to do today? Have you done it to the best of your ability in my strength? You're good. That's it. That's all that he requires of you. Um, so yeah, it's it's very difficult then to kind of turn around and go, ah, oh, you know, I need to do this, or I need to do that, or I need to meet this standard, or all this kind of stuff. You know, there are other verses that are less encouraging where it's like, be perfect, as I am perfect. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just be perfect then. <laughs> um, but it is the you know that he has given us his perfection kind of thing. He sees us um, as righteous, and so just that that very comforting. It is required that you are faithful. And that's it. So. That's a good reminder, eh? So last question on that note and to do with you kind of looking at this next adventure, this next sort of step in your journey, how, how do you think you'll define success on the mission field? Yeah, it's a really, um, it's a really interesting question, honestly, because so many people kind of have, and missionaries included, have this idea of what they want to achieve, this is the thing. And we so often um, vastly overestimate what we can do in two years and we underestimate what we can do in 20. Um, so what what is the point? Um, the point is that people would know God, would know Jesus, would know, would meet with people who can introduce them, basically. Um, and so that's the point. But at the end of the day, it comes back to what has God asked you to do today? It comes back to the faithfulness thing. So success on the mission field, I think, looks like faithfulness. It looks like the daily walking with God, just the same way that success here looks that way. Um, there's very little difference between you know a mechanic here and me over there in terms of our walk with the Lord, what we can do for him, um, and what we can do for the people around us. So it's getting to know people. It's loving them. And it's being open um, to share my life with them. Um, and my life naturally, including God, kind of thing. Um, and so them meeting Jesus, um, either through me or through the things that I say, um, that will be 
And they don't actually have to respond. That's the, the thing that I think I have to continually remember is we are not responsible for the result. That's God's job. That's um, Christ's job. And even um, I, when I was on the security course, I was uh, talking to people who were going to much more dangerous places than me, places where it is illegal to be a Christian. Um, and they will often slap this piece of paper in front of you at the border if they think that you might be a Christian or if they're suspicious of you. They'll slap this piece of paper on, uh, in front of you and ask you to sign it. Um, and as you read through it, you realize it's basically saying, I promise that I will not share Jesus with anyone. And that's really difficult for a Christian to sign because that's kind of our whole point and it would be a lie and how can we sign this and, and be okay with this? And the guy was, was like, look, if you can't sign this, you're not going to get into the country. So we need to find a loophole. And thankfully, there is a built-in loophole because you're not the one who converts anyone anyway. <laughs> it's not your job. That is the Holy Spirit's work. Don't you dare try and take that upon yourself. You are there as a witness, as a, as a testimony. This is what God has done in my life. You do with that what you will, basically. Um, so yeah, that, that to me is success, is having opportunity to share, being faithful to take the opportunities that he puts in front of you and then leaving it up to him. Nice. Hey, so um, on that note of faithfulness, um, you are one of our supported m missionaries here at ABC. Um, is there particular ways we collectively but also individually can encourage you, um, support you, um, just as you are looking to take this next step? Yeah, absolutely. Um, prayer, honestly. Um, I think it's, uh, it's something that we kind of view as a bit cliche sometimes because it's just such a common thing. But it is the thing that will make the difference um, on the field in terms of um, my own spiritual health, in terms of the opportunities that we get, the way that people will respond, that God will go before me, that he will open hearts, open minds, um, create opportunities, um, keep me safe, all that kind of stuff. That is the, the big thing. But also engaging. Um, so I have a monthly um, update that I send out um, that you guys can subscribe to if you would like to. Um, and I'll, every month I'll just be like, here's what's been going on kind of thing and a couple of photos if I can. Um, but also responding to them. I won't always be able to like invo get involved in a massive uh, correspondence with everybody. Um, but just a quick little like, hey, that was really encouraging means that I was like, oh look, somebody actually read it. That's lovely. <laughs> um, and we do actually have, there will be a few uh, guidelines when it comes to how, what you can and cannot say. Um, so the M word, missionary, um, actually somewhat worse than the F word over there, <laughs> just because it will trigger uh, a bunch of stuff. So we do have some guidelines. So if you would like to get in touch with me, just um, let me know and I can give you those guidelines of what to say, what not to say. Um, but yeah, a decent amount of it is prayer, is educating yourself on like, what... What are, who, what are these countries? Because I feel like, especially in New Zealand, this is just a big blank spot on the map. Everybody knows Russia and China and India, but what's in the middle there? Nobody knows. So yeah, do, do a Google. See what they're like. It's really interesting. Cool. Awesome. Hey, well, speaking of prayer, I'm going to invite Laurie, uh, one of our Global Missions team members, to come and pray for you um, as we send you on your way in the coming weeks. Thanks, Penny. Thanks, Laurie. Oh, yeah, you can clap. Yeah, yeah. sure. What a wonderful God you are. We've been singing that, Lord, and it's true. You are amazing, and we thank you and praise you. 
you have promised to meet all our needs in Christ Jesus, and we would ask that of you for Penny as she goes overseas. We ask for your protection over her. We ask for your blessing that you will meet all her needs in Christ. We thank you, Father. You are amazing. We pray that all that her path will be straight, that she will know exactly what is required of you, of her from you, and that you will guide her as she carries on this work. Father, we bless you and thank you for Penny and for Christ. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thanks, Laurie. Thanks, Penny. Really appreciate both of you and just yeah, hearing that hearing that story. Hey, um, just as we kind of found that quite inspiring, just the fact that you know, Penny is willing to follow God's call wherever that's going to take her to a foreign country uh, to share the light and the love of Jesus with others. But I don't want you to think that um, the only way that you can work out God's call is to pack up your suitcase and, and head overseas. Own strength. Peter, in his second letter to the church, he puts it like this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So friends, I just want to remind you that God is with you. He is in your corner. He is cheering you on. And the Christian life is not about being perfect or being super holy. It's about being faithful. It's about sharing that love and that light of Jesus with the people we meet. And that is your calling. That is your ultimate purpose on this planet. That's the part that you can play in God's plan, wherever, and with, wherever you are and with whoever you are with. Let's pray. God, we are just grateful to be able to be here this morning and to hear that story of encouragement, just the way that you have shaped kind of Penny's life. You've got plans and purposes, not only for her, but for each of us. We just pray that you would line us up at the right time, the right place to shine your light and to share your love. And so wherever we find ourselves this week, whether we are at work, at school, at home, in Alexandra, Central Otago, New Zealand, or even overseas, just we ask that we would trust your timing, that we would lean into your call, would share your goodness and grace for your name's sake and your glory.